Good evening and welcome to the NRL Supercoach Champions podcast. You're here with Bear, and as always, I've got Catfish at the other end. How you going, mate? Good. I am feeling pretty positive. It's the high point of my season, literally, because I've uh, finally smashed my personal best score in Supercoach. I know it sounds weird that I'm I'm coming my worst rank ever, but I, I smashed that at 15, 18 this week. So pretty stoked with that. First time I'm in my previous. High score was like 1430s or something like that, so nothing too flash. Uh, so I'm pretty stoked with that, but I think we both had a pretty decent round this week. Yeah, I think I had a, like a 1470 or something, something like that, so I was pretty stoked with that, and you, you outbeat me, but um, I think I've gone up to 8,000, so maybe I might be able to jump up 3,000 spots in three rounds. You never know. Yeah, it's it's tight. I mean, even with my fifteen, eighteen, I only went up four four thousand spots, even way back in the twenty thousands. So, yeah, I'm um, I'm currently striving for a top fifteen thousand finish. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's it's one of those years. But uh, I think what we both captain Teddy this week. Yeah, straight captain Teddy. I like us. I, I haven't moved it off him since I said I wasn't going to, and uh, he showed up big time again. And yeah, and that's. But- got to do you can't really miss him i don't think it's like when he puts those scores up well i think yeah i'm with you the last couple of weeks i've had it on teddy as well and obviously been pretty happy with it what trades did you end up doing this week um i ended up bringing in just i brought in toto and i had to do that i had to bring in uh, enough oh yeah so free up cash and obviously bring in one keeper yeah which is a good way to tidy up the team at the end of the season yeah, so I, I also jumped on Brian Tortle. I mean, I've been talking about him for – I had someone have, <laughs> make a comment that I've mentioned his name about four weeks in a row before he'd actually gotten named. So it's about time I got him in myself. So I was pretty happy he did all right. And then I was tossing up between going Munster or Brimson, and I've got with the lower ownership guy, which was Brimson, which was okay. I mean, 60, and then he's got Broncos this week, so – uh, I'll judge that trade after I see how uh, he scores against the Broncos compared to what Munster does against the Cowboys. But, yeah, I, I have a feeling I might regret not not sticking with um, the vanilla option of Munster this time next week. But we'll see. Not, not too upset off overall. I, I jumped on the um, the All-Stars podcast the other day. and um, I know. Dropped I, your pants again. Yeah, yeah I took you. I took your um, little tip on um, Fogarty, and, oh, yeah? and we had I had a sneaky bet with Barnsley. He he thinks Brimson. I said Fogarty, so I'm I'm keeping an eye on that. I think Fogarty got him last week, so I'm up there. Yeah, look, um, he, he looked good again. Honestly, like he's playing really really well, and he's one of those feel good stories that those those reserve grade plotters who who just keep working hard and finally get a shot in first grade and just do really well so it's uh it's an encouraging story to watch that happen i guess in a pretty bleak season overall yeah well and i think the the thing is too like there's a fair few like a fair few of those guys there's cody walker was a big one he he came late but i mean that was a bit of his own doing as well but um yeah yeah, it's good to see those guys who show a bit of potential hang at it and uh, finally break out on the scene and then you get blokes like Kerrod holland who's retiring at 27 yeah, it's 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 tough, right? Because obviously, 
in such an uncertain time, if you don't get a contract, like, what do you do? Like, you can't just – there's only so long you can wait around. Like, these guys have to plan for an actual career. If they're, if they're not going to make that much money playing footy, they're better off, you know, getting on the tools and forging a, an actual profession or, or something like that for themselves and they'll make more money longer term if they can do that, get down that path. So, you know, we, we give a lot of, I guess, pressure to these guys who have to play – you know, they get to play footy for a living and make a fair bit of money doing so, but they can only do it for so long. And if you don't get your shot, if you don't really get a chance to break out and chase the bigger dollars, like, it's it's a tough call. So I, I, I honestly don't really feel like I could ever judge players who chase money because, you know, how many stories have we heard of players' careers getting cut short? Jarawiyagi is one that always comes to my mind every time I think of, you know, a really extremely promising career just gone in an instant, so... Yeah, yeah. That blokes like Simon Dwyer and Tuiaki and all them sort of fellas. But oh yeah, he's, he'll make a good living in the mines, and that and they'll pay him a bit of footy if he's playing um, around Newcastle. So it's not like he's going to be short of a dollar. Yeah, well that's it. And you know, it sounds like he's also making that decision based off family reasons as well. So look, well done on him. Got to play first grade. Got famous off super coach. <laughs> As one of the, the gun chiefies, I think, for two years ago, was it? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> a bit of pre-season hype candidate last year as well. But <laughs> uh, Look, having said that, the pointy end, the, the rankings are really, really close still. Uh, still got the same number one, so that's uh, Hamish, the coach of Green Brick Wall, currently 22 points ahead, and uh, pulled away a little bit from third place, so... The, the gap between 1st and 10th is now about 150 points, so that's stretched out a little bit. But, um, you know, we saw last week, the, the guy currently in 2nd, I think he scored 15.94 from memory, something really ridiculously huge like that, and that caught up almost 100 points and, you know, almost caught the leader. So the way this season's going, like, it's still anyone's game. Obviously, the money's on still Hamish, I would say, but, oh, gosh, I'd hate to be... You know, stressing about captaincy picks right now. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I like, and especially with Tedesco and the Roosters coming back, and oh, imagine going off him and he hits like a two hundred and fifty plus scores or something, or or the opposite. You you try to bat that out and someone he has a shocker. Oh mate, I'd be nervous as. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I'm, I'm not uh, envious of, of what they're having to decide this year. Just the captaincy scores have been insane, right? The number of 150-plus scores we've seen. I mean, fair, a, a fair few have been from Tedesco and Ponga. Yeah. But, yeah, it's nervous times for a lot of people up the top there. Yeah, and I'd hate to be the Blake winning because I, I didn't get the experience at, like, where you're in front and you're just trying to hold people off. I was... Like I said before, I've always thought I was going to run, like, second or third in that area. So I wasn't too stressed about it. But, um, yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's uncomfortable when people are slowly chasing you down and you can, you can almost feel them breathing down your neck from behind. Yeah, I would, I'd hate that. Good luck to him. But, like you said, he's had a good season. So I'm pulling for him. Yeah, and look like... Good team, and I've I've noticed a few of his moves lately have been pretty ballsy, and well done to him to get where he is. So yeah, every every week I'm just kind of waiting to see how that all plays out. Uh, quick shout out as always to our our patrons, our, our champs, uh, Brendan, coach of Batting Marin, still 
top of our champs group, uh, sitting at 397th. So he scored 14-19 this week, and he dropped 90 spots up the top there. So that's just – it's hard to imagine, right? He's scoring over 1,400, and he's still dropping ranks. Yeah, that's crazy. It's an insane season for sure. Uh, and just a shout-out to our group comp. They are sponsored by Supercoach Championship Rings on Facebook or supercoachchampion.com. Uh, Andrew, coach of Pierre yeah, Deux, still leading. He's currently sitting 43rd. It's pretty tight up there too. So for them, they're fighting it out for one of those fancy Supercoach Champion rings and also a $200 gift voucher. Um, so, yeah, it'll be a tight finish for them too. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out over the next few weeks. And as always, uh, we do have a special for our listeners, promo code CHAMP, C-H-A-M-P. You get 10% off those rings and also free shipping. Yeah, look, grab a couple if your head-to-head leagues are wrapping up or whatever and you want to throw a bit of a surprise in there. Yeah, look, I think whoever takes out your head-to-head league or overall comp or whatever would be pretty stoked to get a couple of those. And uh, our, our champs from our Patreon, they're going to get a couple of them surprisingly showing up uh, for the winners there. So be good, good little surprise for them. Uh, but we do have NRL Physio joining us this week. I had a chat to him, finally got a chance to catch up. And, yeah, there's a fair few things to talk about with injuries. So, yeah, I, I caught up with him earlier today, and you can listen to that now. What's the matter? Haven't you ever seen a football injury before, you wimps? Let's go. All right, it's a warm welcome back to Brian Senior, the NRL Physio. It's been a couple of weeks, mate, but unfortunately real life. Um, this annoying little thing called work's been getting in the way for both of us. Oh, mate, I've just been um, sitting around just uh, gathering all my inside info, keeping it away from everyone um, in, you know, preparation for the finals. So, uh, yeah, I just didn't want to talk to anyone and give a, give away all that all those secrets. Well, I was going to say, it's serving you well in our Draft Legends League. <laughs> You've uh, made it past the first week of the finals, I believe. <laughs> yeah, snuck in, snuck in in fifth, mate, with the most points scored, might I add. So, uh, yeah, I was pretty lucky there. So hopefully I can go on a bit of a run. Yeah, well, I've, um, I believe I've sent the three wise draftsmen down to you. You've got to yeah. take them out to have it to progress right. further. So yeah, one, two, uh, punch, mate. <laughs> and I've got to take on your your fellow injury analyst, <laughs> the, the NRL <laughs> Magic Sponge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether you, whether you can call him that, he's uh, he's just a miracle artist, really. The Magic that's Sponge, true. you know, just fixes every injury. That's that's so true. But, yeah, I'm, I'm in the qualifying final, I believe. So if I Mate. manage to win this week, I'll be in, waiting for whoever comes waiting for the grand final. So <laughs> That's why this podcast is called the Champions Podcast, right? That's like, it. you know. Yeah, we've both, uh, Bear and I have gotten it done in Classic, and hopefully I'm going to get it done in Draft here against some pretty pretty stiff competition, I have to say. <laughs> That'd be good good to see, mate. All right, but look, that's enough um, gas bagging. Let's jump straight into <laughs> around 17 injuries. Uh, not too many this week, but we've still got some important ones to dive into. Look, let's start with the big the big news. Um, Josh Parley, Reed Marnie, two pretty important players for their teams, for genuine contenders, um, both with shoulder AC joint issues? Yeah, yeah. So, look, both are, are by all accounts chances to play this week. Um, there was one article I read yesterday that 
they sort of said Papali's wasn't an AC joint injury as such, and it was more sort of at the back of his shoulder, um, you know, whether it's kind of like a contusion. That's kind of where your shoulder blade is. You know, it could be a ligament at the back of his shoulder or something like that. But, you know, any any of those sort of AC joint injuries and stuff like that, I mean, Parramatta tried to sort of trick, trick us all up a little bit by ruling... Marnie out indefinitely yesterday, um, which, you know, look, indefinitely, if you go by the definition of it, just obviously means it could be anything. But um, generally, if you if you see a player ruled out indefinitely, uh, colloquially, that kind of means, you know, he's looking at a, a fair stint on the sidelines because it's a bit unpredictable. Um, whereas they've, um, you know, Brad Arthur's come out this morning and kind of said he could play this week. Um, so that's yeah, look a bit all over the shop, which is what makes um, my my role uh, very fun. But um, yeah, look like with those AC joint injuries, they're they're more sort of pain tolerance issues than or pain management issues, I should say, than anything. So it's just about the ability of you know pain killing injections, padding, some strapping and stuff like that to try and get the pain down because the risk of sort of any further or, or permanent long term damage is is quite low. Even if they kind of re-injure it and completely tear the ligaments or something like that, it's not necessarily a massive deal. There's plenty of guys who'd be running around in the NRL at the moment with completely torn AC joint ligaments. Um, It's not something that really needs to be surgically repaired all that often. Um, so yeah, minimal concerns for both of them in terms of like, you know, there were a couple of articles coming out saying their seasons could be over and stuff like that. And that just, you know, wasn't going to be the case. Um, you know, it would have, there'd have to be something pretty significantly out of whack for them to miss the rest of the season. Um, so even if they don't play this week, um, yeah, I'd say, I'd say next week it'd be fairly, pretty much a certainty. Um, the biggest thing to consider with both of them, if anyone owns them, is that it's a bit like the rib injury that we talk about where if they do they they would be at an increased risk of kind of aggravation of the symptoms so in other words if they cop kind of a blow right on that shoulder again because they're kind of already functioning probably with a painkilling injection if they cop a blow there again it can be really quite painful um and so yeah just a risk there of kind of an early shower um because they they can aggravate the pain but other than that um yeah it, it shouldn't be an extended absence for either of them Sounds like a pretty tough decision for owners either way because, I mean, you know, obviously if you've got them, you'd want to play them, but then there's a risk, as you say, if they cop bad knock or you know, get in the wrong position or whatever, they could end up not coming out for the second half or something like that, which... Well, that's exactly right, and I think what it comes down to there, it's it, it, if you've got some luxury trades, so if you've got, you know say no other issues in your squad and you've and you've got enough trades there then i'd rather you know bring like you know in uh I, I don't know like a junior polo or something like that for a, a papali or you know another option who's who's fairly fit and and you you could kind of more guarantee that they're going to play the entire game um if you don't have that luxury trade if you've you know copped a couple of bigger injuries and or, or you've got a you know really underperforming player that you want to get rid of then I wouldn't like you know I'd roll Papali out there because there is still a good chance that he makes it through the game and, and he's okay but once again we're talking you know all, all of these things about trying to give you an edge we're not we're not predicting things down to you know 100% certainty but you want to try and you know have all the odds working in your favour as much as possible so I'd say for either of them if you've got them and you know in, in your draft comps if you've got them 
then you probably just play them. But if you do have the luxury of, you know, bringing somebody else in who's who's got a better chance of sort of getting through the entire game, then I'd go down that road. All right, fair call there. Um, on to the next team. So uh, I guess everyone's second team, aside from Broncos fans at the moment, the Bulldogs have lost Kieran Foran for the season with a peck injury. And also Dylan Napa, I believe, also uh, a knee injury, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So foreign um, peck tear. Um, once again, look, it's you know really, really unfortunate for him. Um, the on the opposite side to his recent shoulder issues. So, yeah. you know, really, I think um, testing my uh, my you know belief that uh, like it's hard to call a player injury prone when a lot of these injuries aren't really related. And um, yeah, look, like a peck tear, you can't really relate to a shoulder injury or his many hamstring tears or anything like that. Um, but yeah, the the poor bugger, you know, will be facing surgery and and quite a significant, you know, couple of at least two to three months, um, you know, rehab again. But the one thing I will say, um, not for Supercoach purposes necessarily, but um, it shouldn't end his career. There's a lot of people coming out saying he should medically retire or you know give it away and stuff like that. But look, success rates for pec repair, um, re, like surgery rehab, is very very good. Um, it's not something that would um, qualify for a medical retirement or anything like that. So you know once he gets through the rehab, um, I think he'd make a good pickup for somebody who could get him on the cheap probably now for for even cheaper than before. <laughs> um and then uh and then with Napa uh grade two MCL, so they're three to six weeks usually. Um apparently he's visiting a surgeon, which I'm not really sure why, whether there's something else sort of within the knee that's a bit damaged, like a maybe possibly a meniscus meniscus injury or something like that. Because usually you wouldn't go and see a surgeon for a for just a simple sort of partial tear of the MCL. Um but yeah, look very unlikely he'll require surgery. So um he'll be out for the season. But um for all those, you know, uh Queensland fans listening who I'm sure would love to see Dylan in a uh, Queensland jersey, he should be fit for the Origin series. Are you sure about the wanting to see him in an Origin jersey? <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, there was a bit of tongue-in-cheek there, mate. Bring on with Christian Welch. Yeah. That's what we want to see. Tino, right? mate. Tino. Tino. That would be amazing. Yeah, get him in there. <laughs> Chuck him in the centres. <laughs> oh, and they need it. Yeah. On to the next team, so the Titans. So I think Brian Kelly, Jamin Jolliffe, or if I'm pronouncing that right, both had uh, ankle injuries, didn't they? Yeah, yep. So they've gone for scans yesterday. Still no word. Um, Jollis was a bit... There wasn't much on the video. Um, he kind of just got up hobbling and they didn't really do like a, a slow-mo or anything or any sort of alternate angles to give us an idea. It was kind of all blocked. So it's hard to see what happened with him. Uh, Brian Kelly looked like a syndesmosis injury. Um, so look, with those ones, it's very rare that a player is sort of able to front up the next week, even with those minor ones, just because... You see, there's most of the injuries put a lot more pressure, um, yeah, on the on the ankle and the foot complex as a whole, and it doesn't really respond as well to strapping as say like a, a lateral ankle sprain does. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him missing this week. And I mean, look, it's it's a funny one. The old syndesmosis injuries, sort of as they've been going, there's been a lot of players I think in the last couple of seasons who've who've kind of you know battled on and tried to sort of run out 
these sprains and then it's it's come out like during the week oh actually they need surgery like it's the i can count sort of in my head about five or six over the last you know couple of seasons so it is it's definitely becoming i think with the success rate of this new tightrope repair surgery that seems to be fairly common these days guys even with say like a grade two that's a bit unstable rather than kind of trying to rehab it they're like well we can get you back in you know six weeks if we just get this surgery done so let's just go get it done um so yeah so it it is one of those things like not that the you know the titans would be looking to get him back in six weeks because they're not eligible for finals obviously but just something to i guess like that i've observed over the last couple of seasons that that is that guys you know are are tending to kind of get through the game a little bit and then but that isn't necessarily indicative of oh they're going to be right the following week um you know we had bradman best recently i think kieran foreign was a big one last year that shocked me played out the entire game um and then needed surgery so yeah so just something to keep an eye on sort of moving forward even if guys sort of cop those ankle injuries which i might tweet out and say look looks like a syndesmosis injury just because they stay on or they get through the game it doesn't necessarily mean that they're out of the woods um because it seems that more and more they're they're sort of going down the path of getting surgery so it's almost like they're just copying it you know playing through the pain doing probably more damage but then getting it all fixed up in surgery yeah and and that's exactly right people ask me all the time oh look by staying on did they do more damage and it's a it's an impossible question to answer because unless you take roll an mri machine out you know when they do the injury scan it and then scan it again at the end you don't really know um but obviously staying out there you are putting yourself at an increased risk for further damage um but the the, you know the trainers will do all those tests on the field and, and sort of make sure that they're not not doing you know they're not at massive risk for any you know permanent long-term stuff um and you you have to trust that you know they're they're kind of assessing the injury and they're in the best possible position to assess the injury but yeah i, I certainly have noticed that um yeah the players are are there's just been an increased sort of occurrence of that of that kind of pattern happening um so it's something that i'm taking into account with my analysis you know like mm. i'm constantly getting better and changing in my role as well so um yeah it's just something for the fans to to be wary of as well i think it's fascinating it'd be interesting to see if that trend continues so yeah that's right all right uh, on to the next injury that we'll talk about so wade graham um i think he's going to get he's copying two weeks suspension anyway but he also heard his heard his sternum or something like that i believe yeah 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 so play i think there was a couple he and um marada near i think there was something about whether he heard a sternum or a ribs or something like that now obviously for graham um look he, he's out for two weeks anyway unless there's a fracture in the sternum it's unlikely he misses much longer than that sternum you need it if it's fractured you need a bit of time for him healing so three to four weeks um but if if there's no fracture there it's just once again it's a bit like a rib you know it's super painful but usually you know one to three weeks and they're back you know using a chest guard with some injections and stuff like that so after the two weeks are over i'd say he um he should be good to go all right i think that's important for the sharks obviously as they fight to stay relevant for this year's final series and and also also something to consider for um oh well it'll be the final round anyway but um yeah any owners of you know whether it be talakai or um or uh the oh i can't remember the other edge back row but yeah look like you know it's um yeah they'll at least get a couple of games games in there but once he's back i think graham should be fine 
Now, um, big news, but not really necessarily injury-related, but Kaelin Ponga uh, seems to be given the, the week off. So I know you've tweeted about it previously that it might have actually broken his nose a couple yep. of rounds ago, but he's just played on through it. Yep. But uh, as he continues to get targeted, um, the, the Knights seem to be choosing to just give him a week off. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I think obviously for – especially – to do with the head, as I've talked about, you know, many times before, I think like any precaution taken with blows to the head or concussion or anything like that, I'm a massive fan of. Um, and, and like, to be honest, as you know, just as someone watching, like I, I definitely have noticed that he, he, he's copped a lot of, you know, head knocks and, and, and stuff like that, where I've been surprised that he hasn't, you know, suffered a concussion or gone off for a HIA or something like that. So the fact that the Knights are kind of recognising that, hey, look, you know, um, he's copped quite a few blows around the head and stuff like that, let's, you know, potentially give him a week off. There's a few different reports, but like one was saying it was for the head knocks, another one was saying it was just purely a load management thing. Uh, I'm not a massive NBA fan, but I know there's a lot of NBA fans who'll be aware of this because I got a heap of people tweeting at me about Kawhi Leonard, who apparently missed, you know, massive time over there. But look, load management is a real thing. And I I think just quickly to touch on it, um, like obviously this isn't something that is the way it's always been done. It wasn't done in the olden days. Guys just toughed it out and and pushed through it. And I get that. Um, The big thing that I always say is, look, you know, the reason we do things the way we do things these these days is because we know that it's better than it was back in those days. It's because things develop. We learn more. um, We get better at doing what we do, you know, like and and that's across heaps of industries. Right. Like, you know, technology improves like everything is improving and, and the way that things are done are improving. The reason load management is a thing. It's about quality over quantity. Um, So obviously having your players out there as much as possible is important. But if you do that risk versus reward analysis and you go, right, well, this week, maybe not super important in terms of the amount of progress we can get in making sure Kalen, you know, recovers really well, or maybe he's got a couple of niggles. Maybe we just want to decrease his load so we decrease his risk of injury coming into the final. He might have a couple of things where the guys have done some measurements and gone, actually, we've we've acknowledged that he's actually at risk of a hamstring strain in the next couple of weeks if he keeps going. Um, yeah. So let's give him a week off to make sure that we've got that quality Kalen Ponga coming into the finals, um, which can be the difference at the end of the day. So, um, yeah, I, I, I completely get when you look at it and people like they're paid good money to play and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, like teams aren't going to sit a guy down if it isn't going to be in their best interest, right? And what yeah. I mean the best interest, it's a team, right? The, the team is going to plan things around trying to win a premiership. They're not going to, you know, try and plan it around, you know, always winning just that particular week. So, um, yeah, I'd say, look, the what the reason that, you know, the Knights make whatever decision they do make, it will be towards getting their team to win, you know, win in, well, it usually would be September, but I guess it's probably going to be October or November now. <laughs> yeah. I think the key thing here, perhaps for the Knights, is that they can't miss finals, but they also can't make top four. So yeah, I think yeah. it's a sensible move on their half. If they think that this week off will mean Ponga can be more effective for them when they hit the final series, then look, it makes a heck of a lot of sense when you've got your star player like that. Uh, I think it means I mean, it's obviously painful for super coaches, but 
<laughs> I yeah, think oh, that's and, a bit and more. 100%. <laughs> yeah, and that's like what I'm talking about. Obviously, kill super coaches, and I get that. Um, you know, and not like I own him in a couple of leagues as well, where it's going to absolutely murder me um, draft-wise. But look, you know, it's uh, there's a legitimate. You know, they're not just doing it just because. Pong is soft or whatever, which is what yeah. seems to be the the general consensus in a lot of my comment sections. Um, yeah, yeah they're, they're they're doing it with a you know with a real plan in mind um, towards. And as I said, it's risk versus reward. Like you spoke about, you know, they're not going to miss the eight. They're probably not going to make the top four. So the reward of winning this weekend, yes, it's good to get a roll on and stuff like that. But obviously they've done the calculations and been like, well, the risk actually far outweighs the reward, and that's why they're you know potentially taking that that um, pathway especially when like literally last year Ponga got knocked out by JWH after yeah. he was just tearing up the roosters like they bought <laughs> yeah. them that game and then mm. yeah so it could very well happen like you know if they play the roosters their game plan there's, there was a clear intention from the roosters players to really target and yeah, it makes perfect sense to. Yeah, and I think I think late last year, like Ponga, I can't remember whether it was a calf or a hammy, but he suffered a calf or a hamstring strain sort of later in the season as well. So you know, there, there's you know history there for him. So the, there's definitely, a, as you said, a sort of precedent for making this decision. And I mean, I think it's funny that you do get those comments from people saying he's soft. I mean, like T- Tedesco has been rested by the Roosters yeah. in the past. It's not like. Yeah. It's uh, purely about whether they're soft or not. It's just what's yeah. going to give them um, the best chance of winning the premiership. Well, that's right. And I can guarantee you 110% if you put the decision to Kalen Ponga, I reckon he plays this weekend. Like, Absolutely. Like, I don't think this is Kalen sitting there kicking stones, being like, I don't want to play. Um, I, yeah. like the club is taking that decision out of his hands and going, look, this is what we want you to do. Because footy players like playing footy. Like, that, that's what they like. Surprise, doing. So, eh? <laughs> Yeah, I know. So, like, these people are like, oh, this and that. Like, like, uh, like this is the issue with concussions that we're slowly overcoming, right? Guys used to be foggy in the head and still want to play, still want to go out there and play because they just love playing footy. That's what they love doing. So, um, sometimes, you know, the medical staff and the coaching staff have to do what's best for the player, even if the player themselves, you know, probably wants to wants to just get out there and play i mean how many times have we seen like vision of this player who's out on their feet they can barely stand up but they're fighting the trainer to get back onto the field yeah exactly or they're being guided exactly. off the field like they, they want to play it's not like they're trying to get out of playing footy yep. that's for sure all right um onto the seagulls obviously they've been smashed by injuries and it continues happening um george for out again for the rest of the year, I think, with the calf injury. Might yeah. actually help the Seagulls, to be honest, the way he's been playing, but let's not go into that too much more. Um, but I think the debutant, Josh Schuster, also may have um, hurt himself, I believe. Just cramps. Just not right, cramps. Right, okay. Yeah, so, so completely to be expected. Um, you know, he's coming in having not uh, presumably playing a competitive game for, you know, four or five months. So, um, yeah, going to going to have little, you know, risk of, you know, muscular cramps, strains, that kind of thing. But thankfully, they seem to suggest that it wasn't wasn't a strain. It was just cramps. So he should be all good to go for this week. Good to hear. Well, that's if, obviously, Desi decides to put him back in the team. <laughs> yeah, that's, well, yeah, that's right. And look, they might, they might, 
like you know when I say good to go like you know they might go no actually look you know we want to manage his load a little bit better and we'll give him this week off and then bring him back the next week or something like that because uh, yeah the it's not like the Seagulls are uh, searching for finals opportunities so um, yeah it, it, I think he'll be fit whether they actually opt to sort of risk him or play him um, yeah will be another sort of decision. On the sequels, though, look, the, the rumour that Tommy Turbo is going to come play maybe around 19, maybe around yep. 20. Yep. Have you – what's your opinion on that? Like, the, the fact that they're going to play him, I mean, the season's over for them, and it might just be like a tune-up for Origin, which is going to be yep. like six weeks after these two games. Like, yeah. what's the point in it? Yeah, I'd, I'd say Origin is playing a fair, um, a fair whack in that decision um because look like obviously sort of like look there's there's two sides of the coin here it's like when you fit you fit so if you fit why not play but the more time that does pass without suffering a hamstring injury the more the risk does come down so it's like he's going to be less at risk of suffering a hamstring injury uh round one next year than he is going to be at round 19 this year um they they do a lot of the studies do show that the risk sort of of hamstring injury uh, like kind of peters out around week 20 um so he's at about week i think 12 at the moment so there is still that increased risk there the one thing that i will say is that from reports manly are going well above and beyond what they need to 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 kind of get him to return to the field. So where I think we've spoken about this in the past, but very quickly, usually return from hamstring injuries, very much based on clinical signs. So in other words, you know, measuring strength, measuring, um, you know, endurance, measuring hamstring length, all, all those kind of things to like you measure the person, the athlete in front of you, you make them run through tests and, and see how they're performing. Um, but what they've actually done is done regular scans Now, um, like a lot of the time and a lot of studies have shown that when players are past fit to return from a hamstring injury, even if they get a scan, it still shows that there's some, whether you say some healing still to occur or there's still a little bit of scar tissue there or something like that. Yeah. showing that there is still some there, but that's not a big deal. Um, what the, what a lot of the studies say is that even though there is, you know, what they say, you know, an, a, an abnormal, you know, MRI, so in other words, the hamstring doesn't look perfectly, you know, fine, these players are still going back out and, and returning and, and being okay. But what Manly are going is going, no, even though, you know, you're testing really, really well and we're really happy with you, we're actually going to go above that and we're going to wait until the MRI is completely normal. Um, and that's what they've done. That's why it's taken a little bit longer. Um, so, look, they, they are sort of doing everything they possibly can. But, yeah, I, I, I it wouldn't surprise me. I'd say Origin probably has a fair bit to do with it because I'd say that he, he kind of wants to prove to Freddie that, look, you know, I'm, I'm still okay and I'm ready to go for the, the, the Origin series this year. No worries. I'm just, yeah, I guess my confusion is, like, what – does one or two games really do for him match fitness wise? If he's then going to sit and wait for the whole yeah, final I, series I, to I occur, don't think, I don't think it does much match fitness wise. I think it's more just to kind of you know prove that he's fit to get through a game effectively. Yeah, right. Like a, yeah, I don't think I don't think load or, or fitness wise it does much. I think it's more just look like I'm at a state where I can get through a full game of footy and be okay. Um, because like if he sits around for the next you know, two or three weeks and then another six weeks, 
And then Freddie's got the decision of, do I pick this guy who hasn't played 80 minutes of footy in since round, you know, well, eight or I can't even remember, but it's a long time. Um, or do I pick, say, Katoni Staggs, who, you know, only stopped playing a month ago and doesn't have that hamstring injury risk? Or is at least this way it's like, oh, well, Tommy played a couple of games six weeks ago and looked fine. So, boom, he's in my side. All right, that'll be interesting to see how that will turn out. So on the Sharks, I know we talked about weight round, but I want to go back to them because Sean Johnson obviously yep. has had a couple of owners uh, who, who've held on to him. But do we expect him back this week? Yeah, it was a minor hamstring strain. They initially sort of said it was the groin, but yeah. they've kind of said they've recorrected themselves and said hamstring. Um, you know, my thing with minor hamstring strains in that, look, you know, you, you want to be – more conservative than risky, um, especially, you know, with someone like Sean Johnson who has a history of hamstring strain. So by all accounts, he was he was pretty close to playing last week. So I'd say unless he suffered a, an aggravation, that he should be good to go this week. Um, but look, we're recording this pre-team list, so I'm sure, um, you know, if he – look, put it this way, if he's named this afternoon, I think I, – I, I don't think he, um, he would be at major risk of not playing. Are you worried about re-entry, though? Because we've talked yes. about Hammy yeah, in the past, right? 100%. Yeah. Like, he's another one that I'm like, you know, like, a, I, if I had a luxury trade, I would be, you know, taking the, the punt on somebody else who doesn't have, you know, the risk. Of, especially, like, you know, like, we're obviously not up there, but say you're coming 10th in Classic at the moment and you're chasing the leader and the leader's got SJ and, and you've got a luxury trade, I'd 100% trade out SJ because I'm like, well, one thing that could work in my favour would be that the leader, you know, starts SJ and SJ re-injures his hamstring in the 10th minute or something and then whatever player I pick is going to hopefully score more than that. Um, so once again, it's about giving you that edge. There is that increased risk of injury there, anywhere from 10 to 30%. Um, um, and you're at most risk in the first two weeks back um, from a hamstring injury. So look, it's you know it's still a, a a lesser chance. Like it's not you know definitely going to happen. But once again, we're looking for an edge here. So uh, yeah, they, there's definitely that risk increased risk. All right. And as a Sienna Katoa owner, the late withdrawal was not great. But <laughs> I, I've I've been hearing conflicting reports because I think some Fox Sports were reporting as a chest issue. I think I saw an NRL that it was a throat issue. Do you know exactly what's happening? I, I'm in the same boat as you. I re- like okay. I've seen about three different things: chest, throat, um, like ribs. It's a bit all over the place. So yeah, it's really really hard to comment on that one. Um, the fact it was a late withdrawal kind of those ones kind of say to me usually they're right to go the next week um, because it's like, well, we kind of expected him to go, um, but kind of we got to the end of the week and he just wasn't quite right. Um, So you'd hope it's one of those kind of injuries rather than uh, he was fine and then injured himself at training. There was no real report of a training injury. So I'd say it's probably more they were like, oh, look, we think he's going to be right. No, no, he just hasn't quite got there. Um, So, yeah, so hopefully for this week he'll be sweet. All right, I'm counting on it. I was hoping to cash in on that matchup against the Warriors. So, yeah, who, who knows? Right. Warriors might beat them anyway, the way they're yeah, playing exactly. right now. Yeah, the way they're going, yeah. Uh, look, last one. Using your inside information, Isaiah Yo, is he playing this week? Oh, yes, inside info, love it. Um, I'll <laughs> just uh, 
look, uh, as I said, I, I'm in about 29,000th at the moment in Classic, um, and I'm making a run, so I want to keep that information close to my chest um, <laughs> to, you know, really. No, look, like, you know. Tim whistled you out. We'll know the That's, truth, mate. <laughs> and, well, and the, but the biggest thing is, too, is that, you know, once again, important to remember with concussions is that, you know, it's it, they, they are very unpredictable. It's something, especially someone with, Yo's um, history. Um, if he's not named this afternoon, uh, you know, then it's good on the Panthers for you know taking a really really cautious route with him. Hopefully, he's not suffering any sort of further, you know, um, symptoms or anything like that. But if he is named this afternoon, it's a great sign because it means that you know he's he's pretty like by all accounts he felt pretty good after the game when it happened. So uh, yeah, if he's named this afternoon, then it sounds like he's doing really really well, which is good. All right. Look, um, thanks again for coming on and giving us all your insight. It's been invaluable all year. So some massive decisions still to make for the last couple of weeks. But, um, you know, just like you, I think we're all kind of we're hanging out for the season to end and so we can watch some finals footy. <laughs> Absolutely, mate. Get get me in the finals and uh, hopefully I'll have, I think, uh, three. I'm in contention in about three of four draft leagues. So hopefully I can come away with a, a, a premiership or two. All right. Good luck, mate. Except for in the draft legends. That's mine. <laughs> of course. Of course, mate. I'll talk All to right. you next week. Stephen, I like your hustle. That's why it was so hard to cut you. Congratulations. The rest of you made the team. Except you, you and you. All right. And thanks as always to NRL Physio. We do appreciate his time and uh, all that he gives to not just our podcast, but obviously to the NRL Supercoach community and the NRL community. Um, yeah, in, in general with his a lot of actual fans, not just Supercoach fans, uh, follow his account for injury news. So it's a great service he provides. But look, these team lists, it's getting worse and worse each week, I reckon. Yeah, and um, like you said, so we're seeing Pong arrested. I think um, Pap had a bit of an injury. But I reckon you might see a few of those big names copping the rest over the next two weeks, three weeks or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we'll have a chat about that, maybe looking at how we should best prepare our teams or maybe finalise the last couple of trades and, and how to prepare for that. So, look, let's dig through the team this first. First game, West Tigers and the Rabbitohs. For the Tigers, well, what a win they managed to sneak in last week uh, and, as a result, unchanged. For the Rabbitohs, they get Dan Gago back from a hamstring strain. He's coming on the wing for Jackson Paulo. Tavita Totola's out, Liam Knight gets to start at prop, and Jed Cartwright uh, gets uh, to sneak onto the bench. I think that would be his club debut, if I'm not mistaken there. But, look, the Tigers, obviously, Nofaluma made us both look a bit silly with what we've been saying, but, I mean, <laughs> what can you say? Like, he obviously got the advantage of running at George Defoe, and then once George Defoe got injured, obviously a back replacement there so he went absolutely nuts um, I mean at the end of the day we both had him uh, lucky enough <laughs> yeah and I mean that wasn't uh, and uh, again going back it was this was the only game for the lap for his last what five or six that I thought he was going to score all right in um, and again we've mentioned it before but if until this game if you'd had picked some other fellas you would have been in front with dollars and points but um yeah, that was that was a big game for him, so I'm pretty happy I still had him on the list. Yeah, look, I'm still pretty sure if you jumped on to, like, Josh Mansour or Brian Tor or one of those guys, 
two or three weeks ago when we first brought up the idea of selling NoFoat, you'd be pretty close points-wise overall, and you would have had an extra anywhere from like you know 150 to 200 grand to spend elsewhere, which you would assume if you used it wisely, you'd have more points overall. So, like you know, obviously it doesn't look great on this particular week, but I still think it was a legitimate plan if people took that and uh, you know made the right moves with it. But uh, we saw Harry Grant suddenly play 80 minutes again out of nowhere. Uh, even though Jacob Little was on the bench, he, they both shared the field for about 12 or 15 minutes or so thereabouts. So that kind of was interesting. Obviously, that you know, as a Grant owner, uh, I was a bit worried that he was just going to get you know 30 minutes off the bench. So that was a welcome surprise and helped my score. But I'm still keen to move him on. I just feel like it's not. I don't think I can really trust that. Hey. Nah, I, I wouldn't. And then the Tigers season's winding down too. Like, I don't know. The only thing you could hope for is if Grant wants to have a push for Origin or something so he keeps um, charging on. But, yeah, oh, that, that's a tough call too. I just think Madge is probably planning ahead for next year and he's going to want to give a little more time at Hooker rather than, you know, maybe they... they with what was happening in that game. Like, he was playing well, controlling it. So they thought the best chance of winning the game was actually to keep him on. But I just don't see that happening for the last couple of rounds. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely moving Grant on this, maybe this week, if not next week, the very latest. Now, on the Bunnies' side, look, your boy Cody Walker just keeps getting it done. No matter the matchup, obviously, you're pretty happy with that, right? You're going to play him this week, obviously? Yeah, I'll, I'll play him again this week. And like I said, I don't have a chance... I'm not going to be able to get off him now, I don't think. I, th- I think for um, if you've got that three, four trades left, the way it's going at the minute, I think you need to hold him for the people who are going to be rested. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, and if he keeps pumping it out like this, I'll be pretty happy. But um, Bunnies have got a couple of hard games too, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah, and look, I guess I know a lot of people looking at Damien Cook and – we know how you feel about it, but look, 69 against last week. Like The scores are undeniable. He's still getting it done overall. Uh, I think you know if, if people want to back him for the last couple of games, like Tigers this week, um, Bulldogs next week, and obviously touch, tough matchup against the Roosters final week, Like I honestly don't think it's the worst player to jump on. 585,000, break it in 80. Like, not for yeah. me. Yeah, not for you. We know that. I, <laughs> I think he's viable. Even, I, I don't. I think if you um, looked at it, um, so he got a 69. What did Tavaga have? He had a 54 with a bad game with penalties and a send-off. So uh, I'd, I'd probably prefer him or even um, McInnes in at hooker over Cook for the run home. Yeah, look, I, I mean, I, I I think both of those options are fine. And there's there's... There's certainly an argument to have McInnes-Tavanga as a combination, you know, one at hooker and one at in the back row and just kind of swapping them back and forth. Like, that flexibility will be really valuable. But, you know, he Cook scored 97 on the Tigers earlier this year, uh, 78 against the Bulldogs, and even a 71 against the Roosters earlier in the year as well. So, I mean, 93, 71-69 his last three rounds against the Seagulls, the Eels, and the Storm. I just think he's... You know, he's getting it done. Whether you feel like it, it is translating on the field or not, 
just looking at the numbers, he's getting it done for Supercoach, and I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> All right. Uh, next game we've got here, we've got the what we got? Bulldogs and the Seagulls. So for the Bulldogs, mass changes, Montoya, Holland, and the injured four and all out. Uh, Jagan Ockenbohr comes back after his suspension. And DWZ goes to centre, Randall Smith centre, and Jake Avrillo gets the start at 5-8. So this will be interesting because he, he he was playing in the halves um, in, in reserve grade at the start of the year. So this could be a good chance for Avrillo to actually score some points, I reckon. And you'd think he's going to keep that goal kicking. Uh, we also see Luke Thompson coming out in starting side. Tolman Nap is out injured. And they've got Brandon Wakeham and Suasa Sue on the bench. So mass changes again. You kind of feel that they're just rotating players, trying to just work out who they want to keep and, and whatever for next year, right? Yeah, 100%. And, uh, I mean, that Avarillo obviously is just that if you got him, he mightn't be such a bad AE anymore. You're not going to put him in your team. No, I think I'm going to have to agree there. On the Seagulls side, obviously, George DeFore injured. Josh Schuster also injured. Uh, but he looked all right, I reckon, in what we little where we got really got to see of him there. But I thought he looked promising. So it'll be interesting how it goes next year. Uh, but, yeah, Abbas Miski comes in on the wing and Kate Cuss back at 5'8". Uh, uh, obviously, DCE, I've been pumping his tyres for a while and finally delivered for me with a big score. And he kicked, he kicked goals pretty well, I reckon. Uh, so that's promising. Uh, if you didn't have him and you had trades to spare, you, I think he's still a pretty good backup, half-back option, right? Oh, oh not just a backup. He, he's a play for the run home. Yeah, I meant backup as in behind Nathan Cleary, right? Because oh. Cleary's number one for sure. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, look, I'm pretty happy I've got him in. So it was, it was, rough, it was rough for a couple of weeks, especially after he dropped the 20 on against the Storm, but he finally delivered for me last week. So hopefully that carries on for the next couple of weeks. Now, Curtis Sirenen, we've talked about him for a little bit. I think he could be a real pot option for the next three rounds. What do you reckon? I told you about this, like... Man, you kept saying Joel Thompson. I was one who called Siro. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, mate. <laughs> I said whatever one, manly back rowers could be an option. Oh. Yeah. Mate, I'm uh, like, yeah, run home. Every, like you could have seen it from ages ago. Their run home is going to be pretty good. Again, um, would you play him over like Harris or Tavaga or McInnes or, or any of those guys in there? Even um, Murray, I guess, if you think the um, Rabbitohs are going to run home all right. I just think with Murray, like he keeps getting put in the centres. Every time they get a backline injury, he's off to the centres, which is just... He's bailed, he's bailed out his score a few times with attacking stats, but it's not what I want to rely upon, obviously. Oh. So No, but, I mean, again, you just, it, yeah. You're just rolling I'll, the I'll, dice, basically, right? Um, <clears throat> much of a muchness there for me. I I just think he's, uh, yeah, he, he could go up and down. He could be a good shout, but there's some others I'd prefer in front of him. I wouldn't go out and bring him in like... If if I could field a seventeen this week and I didn't have trades um, available, there's odd and I had like say three trades left, I'd probably be holding my trades before just bringing him in because you wanted a pot option. Yeah, look, that's fair. 
And I guess with the Bulldogs, Titans and the Warriors, I mean, the, the reality is the Titans and the Warriors are some of the better teams right now. They're playing much better footy than, I mean, the Seagulls maybe even and the Tigers. So their really nice run home might not be as nice as we thought. But uh, I just don't know. Like, so much ball is going through DC and Ciro is his main guy um, on, that reg- on that right edge next to him. So I just think... If you're needing, especially a pod for head-to-head finals or whatever, he's not a bad shout, honestly. Like, if you needed to pod up against, you know, with Tohu, he's starting off on the edge still, still moving into the middle, but he's actually starting off on the left edge. I think Murchie's gone onto the right edge, which means I think Nikarima was using Katoa really well on the left edge, but then they swapped sides, and I'm not sure how Harris DeVita combines with Tohu. So it's just... You know, I think it's worth thinking about. I wouldn't write it off altogether. If you need like a super low ownership guy just to roll the dice on for a couple of rounds, and he's obviously a bit cheaper than those other guys as well. The rumor with Tommy Turbo, maybe round 19, maybe round 20, we talked about maybe keeping a couple of trades there, but would you actually roll the dice and get him in? Yeah, probably. I reckon I reckon Teddy's end up going to have a rest in one of those rounds. So if I had a one spare trade, I'd probably make it the week he's out, which will probably be next week, I reckon. Yeah, well, he's obviously playing the Knights this week, and then the Sharks and Rabbitohs, I doubt he's going to rest for the Rabbitohs. So, yeah, round 19 against the Sharks might be, you might be right there. So if he is out, would you feel confident, confident rather? Um, would you feel confident being able to go straight from Teddy to Turbo First game back, uh-uh. long injury layoff. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't be 100% confident, but he's a freak of a player. So, um, And I, I guess, I mean, if there was any questions over him, like surely they wouldn't bring him back for two games where they're not going to make the finals. Well, the rumour is it's, it's for potential, like, hey, Freddie, I, I'm fit enough to make it through a game, you can pick me for Origin. Oh. That's the rumour, right? It's actually it's not so much for the Seagulls. It's for him to show that he can play Origin this year. Well, yeah, and, I mean, it's not even um, like that. That's not even really a rumour. It'd be the only reason he's coming back. Why would you come back from an injury two games left for your club when you're out of the finals and you there's a potential to re-injure it? It'd only be for something like that where there's 50 grand a game on the line. But, I mean... <clears throat> It's a big core, like... Yeah, absolutely. Even just for Origin, like, to come back, it, those leg injuries aren't aren't great. And if you've seen it where guys have had, like, say, a minor, like, meniscus tear or something, or pulled calf, and they come back too easy, and next minute, you know, they've done an Achilles or they've done a ACL, which means half his next preseason is going to be affected. So, yeah. I don't know, big core. Yeah, uh, I think for me, like, just I've only got three trades, pre-trades this week, so I, I, I don't have enough, I don't think, to be be making that kind of jump. So if you had max trades or, you know, at least five, I reckon, it, it's something you could viably keep an eye on and maybe make plans to have that cash available. But, I mean, if we assume Ponga gets this week off, right, and then he's back next week uh, to play around 19, round 20, Dragons and Titans, just last two rounds, I wouldn't be trading Ponga out for Turbo. It'd just be if Teddy gets the rest, basically. 
I feel like that's the, the player there. Yeah, and again, like, they're starting to show, like, why these guys are um, people you could have picked out at the start of the year when everyone was stressing over who to get. Like, this, oh, mate, they're all they're all good players, aren't they? Like, it, it would have been interesting to see if they were all fit and firing in a normal year to see who came out on top. Well, that's it. It's been unfortunate that, you know, injuries and other things like that have just, you know, meant, meant that we couldn't really see Turbo at his best. And even Pong has been a little bit up and down. And, yeah, it's been a weird year. On to the Friday night game, the Panthers and the Eels. This would be a good one. So Isaiah Yo back from head knock. JFH to prop, Leota to the bench, and Capewell drops out of the 17. Uh, for the Eels, they, they have named Reed Marnie, but there are some doubts about his availability. Uh, and the other change to 17 is Andrew Davey comes to the bench in place of Murata near Corey. So yet again, the Eels are mostly intact, and the Panthers are they're pretty much all healthy, which is great to see from them. I think this is going to be... I don't know. The Panthers weren't that great last week. I don't think it's because the Broncos looked better. It was just maybe they just didn't really turn up to play. Yeah, but, that, was a, that was a letdown game. And I mentioned that too <clears> on the <throat> podcast. I, I, I said that whenever you think there's a game where one team's going to belt the other, it always seems to come out a bit closer than you'd think. And, I mean, they still won pretty comfortably. But, yeah, it wasn't – I bet you that most people were thinking that was going to be a much bigger – um, scoreline for that so I, I still think I'm more confident in saying that was a down game or trap game for Penrith rather than they're on the slide and I think they'll beat the Eels pretty comfortably. They'll be up for this game obviously they've got that whole Western Sydney rivalry going on between these two clubs so I'm confident they'll turn up and you know all the useful, usual suspects you know who's good and who's not uh, I think We've mentioned a, a fair few times that Panthers' back row is just very unreliable, and I think last week just definitely showed that. Um, you know, Kikau and Martin both showed their ceiling the week before, but then no attacking stats and both very disappointing, unfortunately. So it's just one of those really tough situations to, to judge. Having said that, on the other side, the back rows for the Eels, Madison, Nathan Brown. Nathan Brown has been on fire for Supercoach, just popping out scores non-stop. I think he's a legitimate option if you, you know, let's say you're losing patience with like Cam Murray or whatever. I think Nathan Brown's a legitimate option to jump on. Just really safe, I think. Yeah, well, he's, and he, he always has been a legitimate option. The issue is he just sometimes loses his head and gets suspended or he has injury issues. Yeah, that's very cool. And um, he's, well, injuries, not so much this year, just more the suspensions. <laughs> well, yeah, well, but I mean, like overall, like he, he's he's been known for coming up with an injury just as everyone tries to jump on him. And this, it seems lately, he's been known more for uh, taking a dive or pretending to have an injury lately. Oh, yeah. But let's move on. <laughs> oh, yeah, don't get me started on that. Uh, but look, we did see with Dylan Brown injured, obviously, Mitch Moses and Gutherson both scored better as a result. So I think. As far as a you know a non Nathan Cleary halfback, Mitch Moses still I think is a decent option. It's going to be a tough matchup this week, but if if the Eels are going to win, they need it. They need Moses to step up. So it'd be interesting to see how that goes. Now Blake Ferguson finally scores a try. <laughs> uh, 
Can you believe that? <laughs> it took him 17 games to play, finally break his stuff. That's, it's been ridiculous. Like, for someone like him, I've got nothing to say about that. It's been crazy. And the amount of times he's been getting to the line and, like, being held up or dropping the ball or just having something weird happen to him that stops him from scoring, forward pass. Yeah. Um, it's been funny, actually. Yeah, it has. I was almost hoping that he'd go the whole season without actually scoring, but uh, 17 games is bad enough for him. Uh, but, look, he's actually really cheap as a result. Are you? Do you think he's uh, even worth looking at? With nah. nah, I don't think so. I I ended up getting Mike Acevo, and he's been very disappointing. And yeah, even though he scored the try, like his work rate's just gone. It's just frustrating. Very frustrating. He's no Semi Radradra. Let's put it that way. Nah, a cheap version of. Yeah, that's it. I mean, let's not forget he got outplayed pretty pretty obviously by. Michele Ravalawa a couple of weeks back. Uh, speaking of which, he's been dropped for Cody Ramsey for the Dragons. What's going on there? Yeah, who knows? Uh, it's, it's really interesting, right? Because, I mean, I thought he'd actually had a really decent, you know, couple of weeks. He'd really improved from where he was last year, and all of a sudden he's gone. <laughs> I mean, he's, the defensive reads out there for them are still pretty bad, but... The bloke runs like he's... I'd, I'd say he, he'd run just on par as Sebo and that. Yeah, well, like, you can't deny he'd made an impact with ball in hand. And, yeah, it surprised me because he's still around next year, whereas you've got Ewan Aitkins off to the Warriors. He's still in the team, and he's no better defensively than Ravalawa. So, yeah, <laughs> so maybe it wasn't Mary McGregor. It's just the Dragons. <laughs> But, yeah, like I said, Cody Ramsey, the, the preseason hero from the Nines, makes his NRL debut. Paul Vaughan back from suspension. He's now in the front row of Kate Ellis, Josh Kerr and Blake Laurie, both on the bench, and Fui Marino drops out. On the Raiders' side, they've named the same 17, and Soliola, well, not really a super coach, but he's um, working his way back, so he might find his way back into the 17 before the end of the season. I don't know about this game. I kind of feel like this is going to be a bit of a... You know, one of those super coach dud games. This is the gut feeling I've got. Yeah, right. I, I think um, McInnes is generally pretty safe in these games, but just with his base. But um, yeah, you could be right. Both teams are shot. Yeah, well, I mean, the Raiders are—they're still getting it done. They're just for super coach. It's just not really happening. Like. Even Johnny Bateman, like, you can't get upset with his 60-65. That's all base, basically. And he's just not getting those attacking stats he was getting in the first couple of weeks when he got back. But I don't know. There might be some something there for him this week. But, Do you yeah, reckon just, the Raptors have been playing like they're going to win a comp? Nah, nah. And I don't know if that's just because of their injuries that they've had most of the season. Like, you know, I, I feel like they really miss Horsburgh who was really, really good for them at the start of the year. And they might get him back apparently round 19, round 20. So not super coach relevant, but, you know, it might help them as they push into the finals contention. You know, getting someone like him back into the team would be a bit of a, a boost, I reckon. But, yeah, I don't know. It's just I feel like they might make it to week two and then drop out. But, yeah. yeah. The Dragons were very disappointing. Like I, I, I thought they were going to do better against the Cowboys, but then to... To just 
collapse and then lose the way they did. It's just not good. And uh, did you see the, the memes about Ben Hunt? Nah. They're laughing at him. They're probably saying, like, uh, you know, the Cowboys probably giving Ben Hunt PTSD for Golden Point losses. <laughs> hey, he's struggled against him, hasn't he? Yeah, look, maybe it is. Maybe there is something there, honestly, like from a mental perspective. Like, he just can't. Yeah, <laughs> Cowboys and, and extra time is just no, no good for Ben Hunt. <laughs> All right. And then the, the match of the round. No, I'm kidding. Titans and Broncos on Saturday afternoon. Ooh. Brian Kelly out with an ankle injury. Bo Firma uh, gets to play centre. Hipgrave back into the pack. Uh, Jam Jolliffe, as mentioned, injured with an ankle issue. Flutterwake back in the starting side. Whitbread to the bench. And Joe Arrow might end up moving into the starting side. But he's still on the bench for now. PG still at lock. For the Broncos, they do get back their captain, Alex Glenn. Ben Teo goes back to the bench. Uh, Jordan Ricky, Jamil Hopawadi, both suspended, so they're off the team. Offer Hengawi comes back from his own suspension. And apparently Xavier Coates has been named onto the bench, which could be a bit ugly if he stays there because that gives them a bench hooker, um, a short-minute edge back row in Teo, an outside back in Coates, and then Joe and Hengawi, basically. So... I don't know, unless they're planning to put coats on and oats into the onto the back row or something like that. I don't know. This could be ugly again. Yeah. I mean, even with Kelly out, I don't know. It's a, it's a game really on form the Titans should win probably. I'd back them too. But I have to say, like, with the Brisbane Broncos apparently throwing out the Seabold game plan last week. So I don't want to read too much into it, but they did play better even though it was the Panthers. And it's hard to say how much of it was just the Panthers being off and how much it was that the Broncos improved a bit. But I kind of feel, and I don't I don't want this to just be me being too overly hopeful, but I feel like the Broncos might not, might not get flogged by 50 for once. Like I feel they might keep it something to like a, you know, 28-14 scoreline or something like that. Respectable. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, that's sad. Uh, 28-14 loss of those Titans is now respectable. <laughs> it be um, interesting to see how they go over the off-season, but there might be a few um, bargain buys there for next year if they can sort it out, but let's see what happens. So a couple of interesting matchups here. Tony Staggs against Bo Firma. I think that's going to be a real potential mismatch, um, the way Staggs has been playing in particular. But there was a whisper that Staggs might be out injured this week. So I think keep an eye on that. I'm not sure what's going on there. But if obviously Staggs is out, then that's bad news. But if he's in, I think he's a real chance of doing some damage up against the, you know, I would say an out of position Burfirma. The other thing to think about is what happens with David Fafida. He swaps sides uh, the last two weeks. But with Alex Glenn coming back, he's usually on the left edge. I'm wondering if Fafita goes back to the right edge, which, I mean, with him next to Did, and I, I like that combination a lot better for fifth for Fafita's output as opposed to um, next to O'Sullivan. So, I mean, it was a down game for Fafita, but overall I still think he's a really good option. Um, just, it, it just, he doesn't care. Like, sometimes he just turns up and just smashes it no matter what the scoreline is, no matter who he's playing, just does what, just, just does what he wants to do. 
Yeah, um, agree. Ho- oh, hopefully, uh, hopefully he keeps playing like it because he's he is a damaging ball runner and he's good to watch when he's in that sort of mood. Yeah, well, he can do things that not many other players can do. But we saw obviously Payne Haas just come back and absolutely dominate uh, for Supercoach as well, obviously. And Carrigan still keeps keeps on keeping on with that bench. I can imagine both guys could play close to eighty, if not eighty, for both of them. So I think both are very extremely safe options still. Yeah, and I, I said that on that other podcast too that um if if you traded out Haas, that's a trade I'd be making straight away to bring him back in. And it would have been a smart call if you did it last week. So if you didn't do it, I'd still yeah I prioritize getting Haas in even though the Broncos are out of contention. I think these guys, those two at least, will still keep turning up and getting through their work. Yeah, and Haas has got Origin on his mind. Yeah, Carrigan might, hopefully, too, but I don't know if he'll make it. <laughs> Who knows? A year too early. I'd agree. <laughs> it's probably a year too early for him to captain the Broncos as well. But <laughs> here we are. <laughs> and then we've got the Roosters and the Knights, or what looks like the Knights. <laughs> but we've got the Roosters. They've got Jake Friend back um, for Freddie Lussick, and that's about it for their changes. The Knights, obviously, resting Helen Palmer, Mitch Barnett and Heimel Hunt. So Tex Hoggers in a fullback. Edric Lee's back uh, from his own injury and might be a chance for him to push for an origin spot too. <laughs> and Herman SASA starts at lock. Daniel Safidi returns on the bench too. And also Siona Mataria in the extended bench at the moment, but the word is he might come in. So keep an eye on that. The Roosters could really smash these Knights. Like That's not a good lineup with those outs they've got. No, and I'm not, I'm not like, and most people have shown they're not real um, happy about the whole Ponga thing, and I, I understand it too because, like, he could have had a rest next week. I get it's getting close to the finals, and you don't want to be resting players um, too close to the finals. It's not the best move, but um, I don't know. I just feel like. Like that game, it, there's just so much that could go wrong if if he if if he rests. Well, well, when he rests, if if the Knights get blown out, imagine your like um, mindset when you go in if you have to play him at finals time. Yeah, look, I can see I can see that argument for sure, but there's also the potential they'll just say, look, we were blown out last time, but we've got Kale in this time, or you know what I mean? Like it, that could also be a change for them too to give him a bit more confidence. But in my chat earlier uh, with NRL Physio, I did, uh, we did talk about the fact that Knights pretty, pretty much, they can't make top four and they can't drop out of finals. So if they were going to rest, this is one of the games that makes sense to rest in. And I, I, mean, I, I get the, like, I get the time frame, but I just feel with the opponent that it's, I don't know. I think if I was coaching him, it'd, it'd probably be one I'd make him play. But anyway. Well, I think this is where, and, and and I think I agree with what NRL Physio said. He said that this is most likely the club forcing him to rest, that if it was up to Kalen, he'd be playing this game. So, yeah, that's, that's probably right for most players. They probably all want to play as many games as they can. But yeah. And he was like, the last game from what I remember anyway, if, if, if it's not the last game, the game before, but... Pongo absolutely tore up the Roosters last time he played them in 60 minutes. He scored like 120. 
um, set up three tries or something like that, and then he got knocked out by JWH. Yeah. So I think that might be the issue, and they might be just worried that, you know, if he's copped this many hits and, you know, he's been playing with a broken nose for a couple of weeks already. So if he keeps copping that treatment, I think that's where it just came to, look, let's just not do this. Let's give him a week off. He's, we've got nothing to gain from winning or losing this. We'll probably lose it anyway the way we are at the moment. So let's just rest him, guys, get ready for finals, and we'll we'll surprise them if we get come up against these guys then. Yeah, I imagine that's the, 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 the thinking from the coaching staff. But. Yeah, I'd, yeah I'd, I'd guess it's just looking at it two different ways. Yeah, no, I totally understand what you mean, though. Like, if they do copper uh, sort of flogging, it, it certainly will play on their minds if they meet in the finals, for sure. But, yeah, look, I think, generally speaking, staying away from all the nights, aside from Kurt Mann, I think he's just proven himself unstoppable for Supercoach, even if he stops other players around him. <laughs> um, but I think the, the, the Roosters look like a, they're just they're warming up again. That's all I can say about them, really. Yeah, well, they're, get, they're getting players back, um, which is obviously good for them. But, um, again, that's, I, I think it just still goes to show there's still only the three teams in the comp, I think, who can really win it. Yeah, they certainly seem like this, this, there's, a, there's a clear break in the tier, basically, in those teams. But let's talk about Sonny Bill, all 12 minutes of his <laughs> most overhyped um, first came back from uh, not playing NRL for six years or whatever. Just, I mean, he's honestly think he's not in the top seventeen for the Roosters. It's just wasted his spot. I I agree, and I I had this argument um, as well. Barnsley thought it was good to have him. Um, my personal opinion is like he he said it was just for um, experience. It's good to have an experienced player in there, but. Why does a club who's won the past two grand finals and the team hasn't changed much? So you've got guys in there who have either played in a final series before or, like, won two premierships. You've got, like, origin players littered through the team, international players littered through the team. Um, if, if there's any club out there who doesn't just need a player out there because... Um, they need the experience, then it's the Roosters, especially like an edge forward. I, I got last year why they needed Cronk in there, but, um, yeah, I, I just feel it, it's definitely a waste. Like, <laughs> if, if you'd been watching some of the Super League and that of him, you can tell he hasn't been the same player for some time. And um, if you were expecting him to come back, it's pretty crazy. And and the thing about it is, too, I can't remember who wrote the article. It was um, something about how rugby league fans are, um, well, like not, not hypocrites, but are just weird in the fact that they're saying a bloke who's 37 at the top of his game, oh, not at the top of his game, but still one of the best players in the game, telling him to move on or retire while they're welcoming back a bloke who's been out of the game for so long. So... Yeah, I, I I honestly couldn't have I couldn't have um him in the top seventeen, and it'll be interesting to see what Robbo decides to do with him come finals time. Because if he doesn't, if if he's only out there for like twelve minutes and he's playing like that, blowing after that long, then he could be more of a liability than anything. 
Well, that's what I was thinking, right? Like, honestly, he is more likely to to be a liability, if anything. But, yeah. But <laughs> thinking about talking about him being experienced, right? So he's played 119 NRL games and he hasn't played NRL for six years. And you've got 300 gamer Mitch Orbison sitting in the extended bench right now. So it just does nothing to me. Like, Orbison's won three comps. Yeah, and that's my point exactly. But you you can't just say that, uh, like that he's doesn't have that experience because it's obviously that he does. He like he's not all NRL, but he's played like a lot yeah. of rugby union too, which is like I know it's not the same game, but it's the same sort of. He's he's played in big like World Cups and whatever, so he he's definitely had big game experience. But yeah, like you said, Mitch or I'd, I'd probably prefer to have Mitch Orbison. To tell you the truth, at the moment, at least at least Mitch Orbison can get through 12 minutes without blowing. Well, we can make it through 80, right, on an edge, which Sunnyville couldn't do. If, like, if Cordner goes down or uh, and Tupanil goes down, like, Sunnyville's not playing 80 minutes on an edge. He just wouldn't make it, whereas Orbo could step up and do it if he needed to. So it's just, yeah, I have a feeling that if they cop a couple of injuries, it could really come back to bite them on, on the behind. So... You know, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But speaking of which, Angus Crichton, obviously still on the in the reserves there, came on and they played 30 minutes, but came came to score about 56 with a he did have a line break assist in there, but the rest was just base and base attack. So if he starts, uh, like I mentioned at the start, I think I'm gonna uh, I'm I'm gonna probably bring him in straight away as one of my final two trades. I've just I've got the cash ready. I've got Nat Butcher ripe to sell, so that's kind of my plan there. But uh, I think if he's still on the bench, stuff he's a he's a clear no go on that one. But yeah, like would you bring him in straight away, or are you still worried about his minutes? No, hundred percent. He's um if if he starts, he's gonna get at least sixty, and um the way the Roosters apply pressure and can score quick, he could well and truly be in that and. Again, he's he's probably still. I'd say he's still probably the best second rower when he's fully fit and out there. So, I'd, if if you've got the trades, I'd be bringing him in. Yeah, I'm keen to make that happen. Uh, otherwise, yeah, stay away from the Knights this week. I think that's a safe call. Storm and Cowboys. So the Storm, obviously, you mentioned Pappenhausen. Uh, out with a minor Achilles injury. So it should be expected he's back the following week. So Nico Hines gets another shot at fullback. I think we all remember how he went against the Bulldogs playing fullback. So real uh, real, real option, I think, for for those who need a one-week one rental even, uh, knowing that he might be back to the bench. But, yeah, I think if you really need a desperate pod um, in a head-to-head final and, you, you know, you want to roll the dice, I don't mind Nico Hines as a bit of a pod play there. Um, Vunavalu comes back from a broken jaw. Luma Lume um, back to the bench, which will be fun for those who took the punt on him. And uh, Nelson Osofel Solomona comes back from calf injury. Unfortunately, Christian Welch has been suspended, so um, that works out well for the Storm, I guess, Getting losing one, replacing it with another. And Riley Jack's on the bench as well. But again, I think we've talked about this, probably going to be a late swap. Uh, they're not carrying, uh, you know, Riley Jacks and an outside back in Lume Lume 
on the final team list. I think we'll see another swap, yeah? I hope so. <laughs> um, the Cowboys side, they've um, just got the same 17, but uh, Gavin Cooper listed the start. Caught Tom Gilbert on the bench, but they did a late swap last week, and I thought Gilbert did pretty well playing on the edge. But, yeah, well, did, an, did well enough to help the Cowboys to a win. Yeah. Storm, yeah, yeah. Now you go. I was going to say with the Storm, I mean, I think the time's right to get in Cam Smith if you don't have him. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'd, I'd rather Smith over um, Cook, even though his scores have been down. Good run home from Melbourne. He should be uh, getting some of his um, rust out if he picked any up. Um Possibly his last season at the Storm, maybe. I don't know. So if he wanted to finish big, um, yeah, so hopefully he's, the Storm can put on some points and he gets some goal kicks. I'd say he's be, he'd be one of the guys who's definitely not going to rest. He'd be wanting to play every single game he can for the rest of the year, basically. Well, yeah, he, he's, and again, he's, he's um, obviously someone who's aware of records too. Even though sometimes he says he's not, so he he'd be wanting to rack up um, those games played. Even though I can't see anyone catching him, it'd be some effort if they managed to. But I oh, mean, massive. I think Jared Croker would be one of the only people who have a have a sniff at some of Smith's records. But yeah, it'd be near impossible, honestly. Uh, in terms of you know the other. Cameron Munster, who got a nice bump late in the upgrades. I think he finished on 78 or whatever. So it was looking good. My, my trade-in of Brimson over Munster for a while, and then he got his late bump at the end, which uh, made it not so good. But I think, you know, he's such a safe option, right? And he's just he's he's so good for Supercoach in terms of just points drip off so much of what he does. It's yeah. hard to argue with anyone bringing him in. Yeah, no, I wouldn't be arguing. Um He's is there got, any chance he might get rested, though? Uh, I can't see it happening because he's come back from that injury. Like, would you really come back from injury, play two or three games, rest, and then uh, I don't think um, Bellamy will be about that. So, um, Yeah. The only way I can see it happening is, like, say, he gets one of those, let's say he gets one of those, like, rib injuries, you know, the pain tolerance ones where they could needle up and play the following week, but... You know, if the Storm are locked into top four, they don't need to win. I can imagine Bellamy would be like, no, nah, you're, you're having a week off. You're going to recover from this rib issue, so you're primed to finals. So it, that'd be the only circumstance where I can see Munster getting rested. But, you know, 2020 is a pretty weird year, so who knows if it happens or not. Yeah, maybe, I just, but I can't see it happening. Yeah, you'd bet against it for sure. Yeah. On the Cowboys' side, I mean, any interest in Val Holmes? I know it's a... A weird name to pick from there, but I mean, he first came back and he's uh, after first game back at the fullback after a while, and he's banged out a 90 plus score. Sure, it's the Dragons, this one's the Storm, so it's not quite the same. But you know, with the Panthers and then the Broncos last two rounds, it'll be interesting to see if Val Holmes can do anything. It's not for me, but some people might look at the name and look at the the score and be tempted. Yeah, not for me. Not when you've got, you know, Tom, Tommy Turbo potentially back for those two rounds, and those, that, that would be the name you'd, you'd roll the dice on more than Val Holmes, right? Yeah, 100%. I'd rather take the shot on Turbo for sure. Yeah, it's not too much else you'd want to look at in this Cowboys team, I reckon. 
All right, on to the last game of the round, which is the Sharks and the Warriors. So for the Sharks, they do get Sean Johnson back, and he comes in for the suspended Chad Townsend. Connor Tracy gets to hold his spot. Trindle drops out. Talakai gets to move back into the starting side with Wade Graham suspended and also hurt. And as always, Toby Rudolph named to start at lock. Scott Sorensen's on the bench, but imagine they'll swap in soon enough. Now, Katoa is back from a surprise injury last week, but it seems like he's all good to go. And Goodwin drops the reserves and feeders on to interchange, but who knows whether he'll stay there or not. On the Warriors' side, they do get their lone players in Jennings and Alvaro back, so they'll come in for Gerard Beal and Josh Curran, who drop out. Azair Papali starts a prop with Lachlan Burr uh, dropping to the bench. So that's a bit of a surprise. I didn't think they were they would really actually do that. But what's your read on this? I mean, if you still have Sean Johnson, uh, do you still have him or did you train him out? No, I still got him. You're playing him, right? 100% playing for the whole rest of the year even so i know there's some chat about this but he doesn't have the the greatest last two rounds with the roosters and then the raiders i mean this week i think yeah you've got to play him against his old club there's always that revenge uh factor there they didn't want to pay him because they didn't think it was worth the money anymore etc etc so i can imagine if he's going to turn up he'll turn up for this game for sure but roosters and the raiders they're not the easiest matchups for the last two rounds but you're going to play him with confidence um actually now that you mention that <laughs> <laughs> I won't be playing him with confidence, but I'll I'll probably end up playing him. Although that could be my way to bring in um maybe a Munster. I'll have to have I might even use that as one of my trades this week. We'll see. Yeah, well like I said, I'd probably play him against the Warriors. I think he scored hundred and nineteen on them earlier this year. So that was uh back in round ten, so it was a while ago, but yeah, and it was, I'd have to say the Warriors play much better now than they were back then. Um, the whole Todd Payton influence, it seems. Yeah, I, I mean, like, again, a much of a muchness. Warriors, Cowboys, they both got good matchups. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, fair call. Have you hung on to Talakai? Obviously, that's a, that's a big win for you. You'd probably be playing him with some confidence. Starting on the edge again, you assume he's going to get 80 minutes or close to it. Yeah, well, I've had to play him both times he was benched and um, the first time he got lucky with the injury and had a big score and he had a decent score coming off the bench. So, um, yeah, I'm not too upset about him, but I'm, I'm glad he's actually started. It makes me feel a bit more confident. He rips in, though. It's pretty good to watch. <laughs> Doesn't ever. He, he, he runs hard. It's good For sure. Uh, but... Yeah, look, I think that's probably all I'd be looking at. Um, even with the the wingers, I mean, I still own Sienna Katoa, and I'll be rolling him out with confidence this week. But it's just, I, I feel like I don't, I can't trust John Morris. He like he swaps his wingers every second week for no reason at all. Yeah, I, and again, it's hard to blame players like when there's no consistency, and I think that's what happens to some of those lower teams too, like Bulldogs, Tigers. Like, you move guys around, and, I'm, yeah, I'm not a big fan of it. Yep, I totally understand where you're coming from there. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for them. So, look, that's all the team lists. So I wanted to spend a little time, like I said, just talking through 
the last three rounds, right? So obviously this is round 18. There's only potentially six trades you can make for the rest of the year. And now I've only got three. I think you said, um, I think you've got four trades, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So I'm already planning to use one in Harry Grant's Cam Smith. I feel like that's a pretty safe trade. Um, as much as, you know, Harry Grant was great last week, I just can't trust and rely upon his minutes for the rest of the year. On the other hand, Cam Smith, he's as safe as you can get. And I trust him to play every game for the rest of the year. Uh, and then that leaves me two trades. One I kind of have penciled in for a potential late trade-in of Angus Crichton, who I can bring in for Nat Butcher. And I like that because with the Roosters playing late in the round, I reckon a lot of people don't have the luxury of me on a make a late trade like that. So it could be a real pod play for me to do that as a, you know, just a late late round um, trade-in. If if I don't, if sorry, if if Crichton doesn't start, then I'll probably just hold the trade and have two trades for the remaining two rounds. And um, I feel like that's really important, right? Because there's going to be players getting rested. There's going to be players getting injured or suspended. And if you don't have enough cover in your team, uh, I genuinely feel you'll get caught short. Uh, I think, you know, some people are already struggling to field more than 17 or 18 players with the likes of Ponger and Barnett and Pappenhausen and all these guys suddenly getting rested out of, or, or, you know, copying an injury or whatever. Um, how do you think you're going to play it? Um, yeah, I think with my trades, I might, I'll think about the Johnson one, but the rest of them I'm probably just going to hold to see who's having a rest. Or obviously you'd think twice about trading out a Cleary if he has a break next week. But um, if it's like a forward that you're going to get points out of elsewhere, um, I'd probably do that. Who would you say would be the players you're most worried about getting a rest in the next like couple of weeks? I mean, we talked about Teddy as being one of them. Anyone from like say anyone in a in the top four who's um, safe. If you can't drop out of the top four, I'd be nervous about their playmakers having a rest. Especially if they haven't missed any games recently with injury or suspension or something else like that, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Apart from like, and that particularly pertains to a few of the Roosters boys and, um, yeah, the Storm fellas. Yeah. So I think let's let's start with the Panthers being, you know, they're obviously top of the table. Nathan Cleary is probably the biggest name that we would have concerns that he might get rested for. The only thing that might save him is they might be wanting to give as many games as he possibly can to try, you know, take out the Dalia. Yeah. Because he already copped some penalties earlier in the season, I think. Where he lost some votes. Can he still win it? Does he, I thought he just lost. I think he lost six votes or something like pretty hefty. Uh-huh. I don't know if he can. I don't think he. I don't think it's like the brown loaf for the AFL, right? Where if you're suspended, you're out. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> I don't really follow the Dalian that closely, but that would be the only saving grace I think for Cleary. Otherwise, I'm pretty sure he's going to get one of the last two weeks off. Yeah. I think it's a crock, so I don't blow it either. <laughs> well, obviously, you know, he's going to play the Eels for sure, but um, Cowboys, Bulldogs, I can certainly see Cleary getting at least one of those weeks off. Um, so that, to me, says you've got to have a backup halfback. And, you know, I've got DCE there, so I'm pretty sure he'll play out the season. Um, he'll be wanting to really make sure he gets his origin spot now down, is what I'm thinking. But, yeah, I'm definitely making sure you've got either a trade to, to trade out Cleary and maybe you have to bring him back in if he only if he rests next week and plays around 20. 
or I'd want to have a backup. So, you know, either a DCE or you want to have like a Sean Johnson, a Jerome Luai, someone who's got that dual position status, even Carl Flanagan. That's probably where I'd be thinking about it. Yeah, I reckon you're about right. Now, Teddy, obviously the, the other big name, um, but we've talked about what you could do there basically. Either you just hold him or you look at maybe Turbo or maybe even Pappenhausen if you wanted to do a late swap. But, again, you've only got one or two trades, and it's, it's going to be a tough decision, especially if he misses round 19 and it's back round 20. <laughs> when, um, yeah, you've got to make a decision. If, is it worth trading him out and then bringing him back in? Or would you be brave enough to try run home with someone else for round 20? Yeah. Just... Nah. He's he's probably the one odd. Him and Cleary are probably the two odd hold. If you possibly could, yeah. yeah. I think you're right. They, they, they're the ones capable of, you know, in one week, outscoring whoever you have for the two weeks Yeah, <laughs> in okay. one game. It's just ridiculous. Uh, other players that you'd be worried that might get a rest? Um, you worried about, say, I know David Clemens, very popular in the front row forward. Um, well, I'm not worried about him because I don't have him, but... Um, yeah, no, nah, I don't know. I'd, I'm probably more concerned about the backs. I don't know if they'll rest Clemmer. They might give him, they might give him like minutes in the game, like you mentioned last week, more so than giving him a rest off of a total game. Yeah, I think that's a fair shot. Uh, what about Ryan Madison, another highly owned player? Are you worried that if Eels are locked into top four? He might get a week off, or do you reckon there might be more along the lines of? Yeah, I think he came back from the head knock late, so he's he'd probably refresh. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be giving him too much of a break. Again, it might just be the in-game early shower, bit of a yeah, early shower or whatever. All right, um, I feel with Isaiah Yo already getting a, you know, I mean it, it would have been a mandatory week off, I think anyway, but he's he's had that break. He probably will play out the season, barring any sort of other HIA or injury or whatever, right? Yeah, you'd think so. And but it, man, he, he's nearly guaranteed of a whack in the head, isn't he? And <laughs> I've been saying that all year, right? That's why I still don't own him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if it's paid off for you this year, but <laughs> the, maybe the back end of the season. Um, <laughs> yeah, only took seventeen rounds for it to pay off for me. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good. Uh, having said that, similar uh, injury-prone guy that I avoided but then got, got on, Abby Corazel obviously played. Um, you know, He's had a couple of weeks off with injury, but I kind of feel like if there is to be someone rested, he's still a pretty good candidate because he is so important to that team, I feel. Well, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah, again, the injuries and the break for the injuries might save him, but... Yeah, I think if, you're right. If he does have a bit of a... Um, like, oh, I've got a bit of a twinge here, then, yeah, he might he might get a rest too. Still in the Panthers, Josh Mansell. Are you worried about him possibly getting a rest? I know, I know not you particularly because you don't have him in your team. But... No, I do have him. Oh, did you get him in the end? Yeah. Oh, my bad. I'm Are you worried then? I mean, he, he, he was given a week off early in the season, and from memory, Ivan Cleary said back then that they would be looking at maybe resting him later in the season as well if they could afford to. Yeah, I don't know why he'd rest a winger, but, um, yeah, maybe. I mean, he does go looking for work, but 
Imagine, That's why he's always been getting hurt, right? Because he gets through so much work. Yeah, but surely as a winger, you you don't put your hand up to have a rest. Surely. I mean, I, I guess the Panthers have got a whole heap of outside backs to cover it, but, like, that's just – that. if your front rowers are only getting in-game rest, your wingers shouldn't be able to take any time off. <laughs> yeah, fair call. I don't know. It might just be that they, they see him as an important player to their team, and so if they're if he's good – if he's managing any injuries, I can imagine that might be a look, take a week off, make sure you get your body right for the finals. But having said that, Brian Tall definitely won't be rested. He's missed so he's missed so much of this season, so I reckon he'll be one of the safer bets. Yeah, no, probably right on that one. I just yeah, Ty de- yeah, Ty definitely won't, and um, hopefully just keep scoring. Brad Morris, are you worried about him? I mean, he's he's missed games of injury, but he is one of the oldest wing- wingers in the NRL. Um, I, well, I never was able to get him in, and I, I probably can't now. So, I'm, again, personally, I'm not worried about <laughs> Even if I did have him, probably not. Just, again, because he's missed some time already. And, I mean, you've, the, the Roosters have been a mismatched unit. And, I mean, they've clicked together pretty quick. But, you again, you don't want to be running into finals, having missed too much time, I don't think. If, if I don't think if, if your wingers aren't getting a rest this week, then surely you're not resting them in the last two before the finals. Yeah, look, I, I don't know. That's the thing, and I think it could happen. But uh, I think I agree with you. Like, it's less likely he's going to want to play as many games as he can. Um, although, if they do come back next year, um, yeah, they may they may not push us hard for games. Who knows? <laughs> Uh, those are probably the major names I guess I was thinking about that would get some time off. I can't see anybody else really um, being rested, right? No, surely not. No, I think, yeah, just trying to think it through. But, no, I think that's pretty much the, the key names that are, that could be that come to mind. Everyone else has had breaks or, you know, they're, they're the type to, like, like a Cam McInnes, he's not going to get rested for any reason. He's going to keep, keep playing his machine and, you know, I, I can't see anyone else. Like John Bateman missed most of the season. He's going to play every NRL game that he can. Like Payne Haas, he's not going to rest for whatever reason. Uh, yeah, I think most of the other players just going to keep smashing it out and play for the rest of the season as they can. So those those guys you'd want to you know, you'd be comfortable with. All right. And you said you still think it's important to have a couple of spare trades if you can for the last two rounds where possible, just in case there is a late out. And these guys that we're talking about are rested. You want to have that coverage there, yeah? Yeah, I've, so many times I've had, like, been caught short at the end and fielded, well, not so many times, but I've been caught short and fielded, like, 14 or 15 or whatever in the last round. So you, you don't want that happening to you. Yeah. I feel like I've been talking about trading out Toby Rudolph for about 10 rounds now. And he's still there. And I'm pretty sure he's going to be there for round 20 for me. Like, he's one of those really solid just backup players, you know. At a pinch, you start. I mean, it'll give you 50 points, give or take 10. And you're never too upset with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you, yeah, you're about right. And he's still chugging along in my team too. So, um, yeah. A, a 50 off a bench for him is gold, really. 
Well, I think it's the point where it doesn't matter whether he's starting or on the bench. I mean, he gets more minutes when he starts, but even off the bench, he's still smashing out 45, 50 minutes at a, at a minimum. So, yeah, I think he's just safe, safe as houses generally. Planning ahead for the last couple of rounds is going to be critical this year, more so than ever. And just with the uncertainty, I think having the flexibility in your team, um, for me, keeping extra players like a Rudolph over trading out uh, Rudolph for someone else, like I've had some people thinking about trading out like SJ and because they, they need his money to afford some, certain trades they want to make when they've got like expensive players um, elsewhere in the team that they're keeping just because they can't make the trades they want to make. Like I feel trading out fit players at this point in, at this point in the season uh, is it's a real luxury. So I think where you can, I'd be trying to um, yeah just move on injured or suspended players that you're not going to get points out of for the last couple of rounds over yeah a fit player who's you're like an SJ basically like someone like that I definitely would be avoiding trading out if I could unless you really needed it because you. I mean, unless you had the spare trades to have that luxury, like you've got coverage room. If, if it's one of your last trades, I think keeping someone like SJ, who's got that dual positioning in the halves, like that would be more important to me than being able to make sure I got, I don't know, like a Cam Munster or something like that. Yeah, but, I agree with that. All right. Well, let's leave it there for another week. Uh, good luck to everyone for all your decisions this week. It's a, uh, I mean, there was crunch time last week, but it's it's um, sudden death, I think, for all head-to-head finals this week. And if you're up at the top point, and obviously every single move you make is going to be critical. So make sure you plan out your, your team as much as you can because it's going to be important. Like You make sure you've got your starters. Like the guys play early in the round. They're in your starting lineup. You're not putting you know, someone as a, in your reserves just because they happen to be like your fourth back row or whatever. Yeah, you know, don't don't make silly mistakes like that this late in the game. Yeah, agree. I'd again, if if I was up the top, yeah, I'd be covering out. Just take the smart captaincy options. I'd be looking at who's the highest captain and probably just crossing that out. Um, and then obviously holding some trades, um, holding some trades until the very last minute before teams are named, so you're not getting any laid outs and um, yeah, just enjoy the last three weeks and good luck to anyone up there in contention. Yeah. It's a, it's a tense time, especially for those, um, especially for Hamish right now. I know what it feels like, but yeah, not quite 22 points. Uh, I think mine closest is about 50. So still pretty tight and, and it's, it's not pleasant. So just hold your nerve. You've gotten to where you are off the back of your decisions. So Keep back in your gut, following your, your instincts, because that's gotten to where you are. So I reckon that'll keep you where you are for the rest of the year. So good luck with that. Um, but, yeah, uh, we will catch you again soon. Hey, guys. Have a good one.